Do Jews believe in God? And where does Jesus fit in? I'm Rabbi Jordan Parr, and this is Torah for Christians. Welcome to Torah for Christians. I'm your host, Rabbi Jordan Parr. Like Christianity and Islam, Judaism is rooted in the belief in one God. Unlike Christianity, there is no trinity. Unlike Islam, Muhammad is not a prophet. We can't, however, define belief in negatives. We have to look at what Jews do believe about God. Like everything else in Judaism, there is no one simple answer. Even the Hebrew Bible has different ideas about God. For a start, there are many different names for God. Names in the Torah have great significance. They speak to God's power and omniscience. Abraham called God El Shaddai, the God of the mountain. El Shaddai is a tribal deity worshipped by Abraham and his clan but perhaps not exerting power over time and space. Interestingly, Shaddai can also mean a woman's breast, which would make Abraham's God a nurturing female deity. Another name for God is Elohim. In the Torah, Elohim is considered a God of justice. El, the root form of Elohim, is another name for God, such as El Elyon the God on high. El is also the generic name for God throughout the entire Middle East. In Arabic, Elohim becomes Allah, the name for God in the Quran. We also have another name for God, which we call the Tetragrammaton, the four-letter name of God, yud Hey vav Hey. If we were to try to pronounce this name, it would probably be akin to a breathing exercise. In, out. In, out. In time, this name was mistranslated as Jehovah or Yahweh. In Hebrew, we say Adonai in place of its proper pronunciation. In English, this is translated as Lord. Adonai is a God of mercy. This name was pronounced only once per year by the high priest in the Holy of Holies in the temple on Yom Kippur. With the destruction of the second temple, the pronunciation was lost. Many Jews simply refer to yud Hey vav Hey as Hashem, the name. To give you but a few examples of how the Bible uses Elohim and Adonai, which are the most common names for God in the Tanakh, we can refer to a few well-known stories. Genesis chapter 1, the seven days of creation, is the story of Elohim. But the Garden of Eden creation story in chapter 2 is the creation story of Adonai. The Ten Commandments in Exodus is an Adonai document. Prophets call God Adonai or Elohim depending on whether they prophesied in the north king, northern kingdom of Israel, they used Elohim, or the southern kingdom of Judah, where they used Adonai. Finally, we have the name of God in Exodus, 
chapter 3, that Moses encountered at the burning bush. In Hebrew, the term is Ahiyah, Asher Ahiyah. This doesn't translate well into modern English, but Ahiyah, Asher Ahiyah could mean I am what I am, or even I will be that which I will be. Tenses in biblical Hebrew are not exact. Ahiyah is the overarching God of the present, the past, and of the future, constantly evolving as the Israelites evolve. And for the first time, we learn that Ahiyah is all-powerful, able to destroy the Egyptian gods and the godlike Pharaoh. Ahiyah tells us that God is supreme, unique, omniscient, and acts in this world. And we only hear this name at the burning bush. Just as important, the Hebrew Bible also raises the question, does God have a body? There is no specific theological statement in the Tanakh, but there are hints. For example, God walks through the Garden of Eden searching for Adam and Eve. When God gave Moses the second set of commandments after the golden calf episode, God tells Moses, you shall not see my face and live. Daniel sees God's hand writing on the wall. And in chapter six of the book of Isaiah, the prophet has this incredible vision of seeing God sitting on the divine throne, facing a fireplace and surrounded by angels chanting Kadosh, 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 Holy, holy, holy is Adonai Tzvaot, the God of hosts, Adonai of hosts. The whole earth is full of God's glory. A similar image is found in Exodus chapter 24, where Moses, Aaron, Nadav, Avihu, and 70 elders of Israel ascend Mount Sinai and sit at the feet of God, eating and drinking basking in God's grace. The ancient rabbis, though, were ambivalent about God's physicality. They talk of the hand of God as if God truly had a hand, but the hand they also acknowledge can also be a metaphor. There are other physical images of God that they describe, and there is an argument to be made that they too believed in God's physicality. Today, though, you would be hard-pressed to find a Jew who believes in an anthropomorphic God, a God with a human body. This is due in large part to the work of Moses Maimonides, the greatest post-biblical theologian in Jewish history. He was born in 12th century Moorish Spain, but spent most of his life in Fez, Morocco, and then in Cairo, where he became the personal physician to Salah Din. Maimonides was defiant stating explicitly that God was incorporeal, without a body, has an infinite existence, and is a unity, not a duality, and certainly not a trinity. Speaking of a trinity, that's where, what we're going to discuss after the break. We'll be right back with Torah for Christians. Welcome back. I'm Rabbi Jordan Parr, and this is Torah for Christians. We have been talking about the God of the Hebrew Bible and whether God has a body. There is one more topic to address today, 
the difference between the Jewish conception of God and the Christian Trinity, God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Trinity grows out of first century Jewish beliefs. So let's first go back and talk about what the Pharisees believed at the time of Jesus. The Pharisees and their rabbinic successors had quite an interesting conception of how the Torah was given and transmitted. Not only did God give Moses the written Torah on Mount Sinai, the Torah that we know is the five books of Moses, but God also gave Moses an oral Torah, which he then transmitted to Joshua, then to the prophets, and eventually to the rabbis. This oral law formed the basis of rabbinic authority in the first century, and eventually was codified into the Mishnah at the beginning of the third century of the Common Era. Here's why I mentioned the Oral Torah. The Oral Torah speaks of the Shekhinah, God's indwelling feminine presence. The God above was omnipotent, transcendent, above human experience and comprehension. This God was sometimes called Av or Abba, Father. It has a male connotation. It became God the Father in early Christianity. Then there was the Shekhinah, the female aspect of the Godhead. This is God's indwelling presence, the divine spirit that God placed within Adam and is within each one of us, the aspect of our existence that separates us from the animals. The Shekhinah interacts with the world. The late theologian Rudolf Otto wrote of a God being both transcendent and imminent. The Jewish conception of the one God fulfills his, his idea of God. God can be both above and within at the same time. In early Christianity, the Shekhinah morphed into the Holy Spirit. So what about Jesus the Son? As we discussed in the last podcast, the Jewish concept of the Messiah predated Jesus, going back to the late prophets such as Malachi. In, Ju in Judaism, though, the Messiah was a son of David, fully human. Many places in the Tanakh refer to a son of God, such as in Exodus chapter 4, when God uses the term to refer to all of Israel, well before David existed. Christians latched on to this term, but reversed the word order, God the Son, and assigned it to Jesus, creating the Trinity, God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Son of God is vastly different than God the Son. The former refers to Israel, the people, the latter to one person. Christians, therefore, have a tripartite God, one God in three parts. God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jews have a unitary God with a transcendent deity above and an indwelling presence, the Shekhinah, within. Three in one or all in one, it's all a matter of faith. Next week, we will talk about a different aspect of God's interaction with the Jewish people, the Brit, the covenant between God and Israel. We will further examine our special relationship with God, our purpose in the world, and why some, but not all Christians, assert that a belief in Jesus as the risen Christ supplants the Jewish breed. Stay tuned.
I want to thank you for listening to Tour for Christians. Don't forget to review and rate this podcast on Apple or other podcast sites. If you have questions, just send me a tweet at JMPER2. I'll try to answer them personally or in an upcoming podcast. And please join our Facebook page, Torah for Christians, so that we can continue the discussion. Have a great day, and remember, how good and how pleasant it is for us to dwell together in unity. Till we see each other again. I'm Rabbi Jordan Parr, and this has been Torah for Christians. Thank you.